Hello and welcome to the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast, a place where we will dive deep into epic discussions on birth, motherhood, womanhood, rites of passage, and so much more. We are your hosts, Lucy, a mama of four, a birth keeper, a women's worker, and a past midwife who has left the system in the pursuit of truly being with woman. And Christy, a mama of three, birth and pregnancy advocate, community service worker with a strong interest in the shamanic dimensions of the journey from girlhood into womanhood and beyond. Come with us now as we unravel today's conversation. And welcome to the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast, episode 13. Just looking at Lucy, making sure that's right. Episode 13. Uh, I'm here with Lucy and the amazing Sarah, who we've wanted on here for so long, Sarah Mann. Um, Sarah is a qualified naturopath trained in herbal medicine, nutrition, and homeopathy. She found her way to anthroposophic medicine through her Steiner School community and completed postgraduate training in Germany and Switzerland. This deepened her understanding of growth, healing, illness, and the healing plants a thousandfold. Her work has always led her into the orbit of children, families, and personal growth. She has worked in Steiner early childhood education and has trained in rebirthing breathwork mastery. She currently lives with her son and practices on Bundjalung land in the Northern Rivers on the east coast of Australia. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Secretly fangirling, I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Like I feel, totally am though. Like I feel like you are also like affiliated with your sister, Eleanor, and Emma, who are also like powerhouse women. So um, yeah, I've followed you for quite a long time and I've always admired your work and just your essence as a person. So I'm so grateful that you're here with us. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel very moved by that because I feel like I've I'm surrounded by incredible women. Like you guys are incredible doing what you're doing too. Um yeah. So Thank I feel the same. Sarah. Very, yeah. very proud to be here. Oh, that's we're so, so excited to have you and yeah two of my children had the absolute pleasure of having you hold space for them in kindy so yeah it's so nice damn to... I missed that yeah <laughs> they were so lucky they... Willa still speaks about you <laughs> and yeah it's so beautiful to have you on um and yeah and as always we've got little primrose in the background babbling away mm-hmm. perfect <laughs> completely perfect children's so- voices are so beautiful yeah joy so Sarah were you at Kindle Hill yeah yep yep I worked there for I think almost six years maybe uh in the kindy yeah that's such a long time she left right right before you came to the school like you were just ships in the night (laughs) I did I did actually know that because I I can't maybe it was you that told me that because my son's in kindy at the moment with Kirsty and then my daughter's in year three but yeah it's um it's such a beautiful little community at that school, especially my favorite is with the parents, to be honest. But yeah. the, ki- yeah. the kids love it too. Yeah, it's next <laughs> level, it's next level education, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, up, childhood, everything. Yeah, 
ah the grand grand is it grandfather apple tree yeah yeah I don't know I just it's so healing for my own childhood going into that school I'm like oh this is how for those of you listening in and going what there's like this (laughs) ancient old apple tree in the kindergarten that the children all climb on and it's so beautiful it's it was the first it was there before the school was built wasn't it Sarah yeah I think so and you know it just centers grandfather apple tree really centers around a lot of the children's experience of that age you know this yeah like five to six you know to seven year old time um when kids arrive in kindy they can't often can't yet climb the tree and then by the end of kindy they're at the top of the tree you know can't do very special yes every time I go there my son is always like on that tree constantly he's just always sitting on that tree playing on that tree he loves the tree (laughs) The very precious metaphor, really, for childhood, isn't it? Yeah. I love that so much. I love a good metaphor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Where where should we start? Let's from the from the beginning. From the beginning (laughs) or wherever you'd like to start, Sarah. But um (laughs) since this is your story um and your evolution into working in this beautiful realm of, you know, working with plants and medicine and children and mamas and all the things. Um yeah, do you want to take us back to how it all began for you? Yeah, I'd love to. I I grew up in the Blue Mountains where you both are. And um I you know, being surrounded by the bush and nature felt very connected in that space. My um parents weren't particularly uh, on either side in terms of like the medical world or the natural medicine world we kind of had a little mixture of both quite um hands-off and practical so we grew up with things like um like we weren't allowed chocolate we had like you know frozen bananas dipped in carob <laughs> stuff like that yes. so I grew up <laughs> with healthy things around um yeah. but I didn't know uh, you know, we had Happy Healthy Harold. Do you remember that? In oh like- my god! Yes, <laughs> Healthy Harold. <laughs> Harold. No. Oh my god, Sarah, stop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't. You get kind of told these things, like these facts, like vegetables are good for you, and blah blah blah. But I didn't. Nothing ever really um, integrated or landed. Everything in my education felt quite separate. I think that's why I'm really drawn to Steiner education later. Mm. But, you know, everything was um, conceptual and not really connected to life. Like you went to school to learn and it was separate from real life. You know, that wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't really have the sense like um, anything was relatable outside of school. And so I didn't kind of, I grew up in a healthy environment, but I didn't really, nothing really clicked like, Mm. oh, food can be medicine and herbs can be medicine. Didn't really click for a while. And then um, I got to high school and we had, it was time to do the uh, work experience. And I really wanted to go to Katoomba RSPCA and work with the animals. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure it's top on like pretty much everyone's list. <laughs> yes, totally. I was about to say, yeah. 
for sure. So it packed out. And so it got to the very last day of me having to um, apply somewhere. And somebody said to me, why don't you just go to the Blue Mountains Food Co-op? Why don't you, you know, reach out there? And I didn't know what it was, didn't know about it, but I was like, well, I have to choose something. So I'll, I'll choose there. I'll put in the application. So I, and then I got this placement at the food co-op. Such and a magical little nook too, isn't it? Honestly, it ended up being just the most pivotal point. Wow. The total life changing moment. One of those um, sliding doors moments. Yeah. Yeah. Because I walked in and I was like, what the heck is this place? This is so cool. There's like food in buckets and like everything's bulk. And at the time, you know, there was a big um, book section where you could, there was like recipes and things about macrobiotics. And it was back in the day, makes us feel so, makes me feel so old. But it was like there wasn't a whole lot around like raw food or like tofu was so rare. There was no gluten-free kind of stuff going on. Uh, it was like miso was like phenomenal. Seaweed, like there was like one thing of seaweed. Like now we have this huge, huge range of medicinal foods and access and cacao and quinoa and maca and, you know, like kefir and all of this stuff. But it was, you know, the main cool thing to do was to put like peanut butter from the grinder machine and with like alfalfa sprouts and sultanas <laughs> oh, yes. uh, like that so was the people of like healthy yeah. Wait, did you put it in the celery isn't it that yes, with celery, celery. As well? yes. yes the little boats yes yes so yeah. you know it was in that time and um what really uh, changed for me was they had a herb section, which they still have now, and all of the herbs are there in individual jars, like all the dry herbs, and on the labels it says what those herbs are good for, and it blew my mind. I was like, what? Rosehip's good for circulation? Like what? It just like completely catapulted me into this like uh yeah enthusiasm and passion and curiosity as well like magic oh total magic that's magic I was like what and I started filling up bags and making pretty awful tasting teas but I just you know was like looking for those actions you know um so I did my week there and then I just I didn't want to leave and I applied for a schoolie job there so I then ended up working there for like five, six years after school and then um, throughout uh, throughout my university training in naturopathy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That is so cool. So you would have been like a, like a well-known local. Yeah. Working in there. Like- yeah. I did get to know a lot of people in the community through working there and also a lot of healers come to mm. that space to get their groceries and their potions and things. Mm. And so I met a lot of people and at the time being quite sensitive, I was struggling health wise. I had digestive stuff, I had skin stuff. Um, you know, I always had cold hands and feet and they would go quite red. And so like in the cold winters, people would be like, I remember one woman said to me, um, 
oh, you need this for that. You know, I'd get recommendations a lot about my health uh, because people just want to help when you're mm. a teenager behind the desk. And um, so, yeah, it really put me on a whole nother uh, stream, especially compared to where my other friends were going. They were having other experiences, whereas I was starting to really shift my perspective into, oh, there's actually something you can do for your health. So there's things you can do. I kind of didn't even know as a teenager that I didn't have to suffer with digestive things or skin things. People still don't, like a lot of people are still just learning, you know, like, I mean, I still am always learning, Mm. but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, How cool to to get to. was flowing. It's like just, I was becoming aware of this world. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so empowering as well to be like, oh, wow that plant is good for that and that plant is good for that and it just started planting yeah. a seed like to yeah. seek out that information and self-inquiry yeah. about your own body like that's yeah wow I know there's something about it land in. Mm. something about it hey like I just even love having like I mean I'm definitely always still learning like I've actually learned quite a lot off you Sarah yeah. like I've um I think I listened to one of your maybe your webinars or talks, maybe I think it might have been with the Reconnected, I'm not sure, and I just had this page just quickly writing down what you were oh, what you were saying good. and I've got like jars of um, that I've never used but I just even just like them in the yeah. jars. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the benefit of plants, isn't it? They do have an effect on us whether we're taking them internally or not, you know. Yeah. Just having them around is their best medicine sometimes. Yeah. And just make be just like even in like using them and making teas and um like I did a little workshop with one of my friends up here, Jules. Yeah. And she um do you know Jules? I don't know. Her name's I can't I remember you, her Jules. She's like an <laughs> uh she's like a um like a Marga woman um up here. She lives in Katoomba, but she's a herbalist as well. She's like a school of shamanic woman I feel like you would know her, Probably. but I went, I went to her house and it's very witchy. Her kitchen is so witchy. And she showed me how to make like elderberry syrup and um, oh. oh, like salves and like even just a rosemary tincture that I've still got. And I, there's something, there's just something about it. Like, I don't yeah. know. It just makes me feel oh really wholesome and like, I've got my life together. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you know, it's been a. Um, I mean, it is herbs and plants are our medicine that we're we inherit when we're born, right? Because it's nature's medicine. There's nobody owns it. We and, are nature too, aren't we? Yeah, we, we are the plants. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so I think everybody. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, women especially or the nurturing people who are in that nurturing role have that connection or resonance with plants and herbs because we've probably used them for our whole lifetimes, you know. It's only in the last 100, 200 years that Western medicine has been around. So and longer with plants, that's for sure. It is definitely like a remembering, isn't it? When we work with plants, it's like something so innate and um, 
yeah, yeah, I just always feel so connected and like it's so available to my body. Yeah. So I love, I've always loved like, for instance, drinking tea and like all the different tea. Like for me, that's something that I just, mind, body, soul, um, it's my go-to and my self-care and my like for health. And, um, but it's, it's more than that. It's like, yeah, that remembering it's so deep. Yeah. That's so it. The remembering Lucy, you nailed it. Yeah. That's it. It's completely it. I went to the wise woman gathering, like, I think it was not last year, the year before. And there was such such a big focus on um, plants and herbs and there's so many herbalists there. And that's one of the moments where I sort of realized, wow, like, this is so like, this is like such women's work. Yeah. And um, I went to like a, a, a workshop where they had like the Tulsi, is it the Tulsi plant, a Tulsi yeah. plant? And like we we're dancing around it, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" But then after after a while, I was so into it. Like I'm like, yes. "This makes sense." Yes, it's so it is very wise woman, isn't it? And when I was working, you know, at the co-op, that's where I met a lot of the wise herbalists, yes. the wise woman herbalists that live in that area, you know, and just got to learn about just the multiple aspects of the of the plants because of course then I went to university to study bachelor of naturopathy at uni and of course to have that as a uni degree it needs to be very clinical yeah I was about to say well how did you because uni like I mean I'm doing uni too now and Lucy you've done uni like there's you know you know what I mean uni's uni and it's like there's a massive disconnect there very robotic so it's like how did you yeah yeah, how did you balance that I think I was lucky in that because I went from the co-op um, yeah. space, which was very community herbalism and, you know, energetics and talking to really quirky, wonderfully spiritual, you know, mm. people who eclectic, you know, who had yeah. blended a lot of different traditions or wisdom together in their own flavours. I had that as an um, anchor. But then I was also very lucky in that the university that I went to, um, yes, we had the curriculum, but then we had the incredible teachers teaching that curriculum. And we know that curriculums can be quite dry and clinical, but teachers can put a lot of incredible wisdom through that. And I had amazing lecturers that had been, that were real wise, wise person, you know, herbalists and uh, healers and practitioners um, that had a lot of experience and connection with the actual connection with the plants yeah mm-hmm. so I was lucky in that the yes there was a high um, you know uh, academic there was the mm-hmm. academic environment but we were also being really given a lot of pearls of wisdom from people who were real life with people with the plants oh, that's so refreshing had- yeah, we had a medicinal garden as well, which really not a lot of nobody, I don't think, has anymore uh, in no. Australia. Yeah. It's, it's actually like I, I feel like we're coming back to that slowly, though. I, I yeah. really do feel like it's coming back into the hands of the women and being shared amongst community. And, um, and I mean, we've got Instagram and there's so much more like it's like exposure to all this information now and people are like whoa wait what like yeah. 
Yeah. You can balance out. You can kind of tick the boxes of what you're needing to show up in a clinical space at this day and age uh, and really look after people. But uh, you also have heaps of access to that other wisdom if you look for it, you know. And if you're if you're really calling it in, some people aren't. That's okay. It's okay to use the plants more in a clinical way. But a lot of people feel that there's something missing and go looking yeah for sure yeah for yeah. sure I think and a, and a lot of the times that does kind of present when we're pregnant in our postpartum as yeah. mothers with children like we we start kind of unpacking like the stories yeah. that we've been told around health mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah I'd, I'd love to also now dive into yeah. um I guess also actually in mm. this timeline of um yeah, learning about plants and um, did you? When did you have your baby? Yeah. So funnily yes. enough, I actually was a year into my degree, and then I fell pregnant with my son. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and now I look back, it meant that instead of taking four years to do my degree, it took me ten years because I had mm. a baby. Um, but. I look back and that was just the greatest gift because I got to experience, I was uh, young too, I was 20 when I fell pregnant. Wow. Yeah. And um, 21 when I had him. And it meant that I was also just so new to my own body. Like Totally. Even though I was learning all of this stuff, I hadn't really embodied it yet. So I really like not crawled my way through pregnancy it was beautiful but like I look back and I think wow what was I doing (laughs) I really thought I knew what I was doing but I didn't on a health level you know how to look after your body when you're pregnant and breastfeeding and preparing for birth and but I had really uh beautiful people around me to support me Mm. but um yeah I was still a baby in my learning around herbs and um but it was totally essential because it meant I got this felt experience of pregnancy, of labor, of birth, yeah. breastfeeding, mm-hmm. of co-sleeping and having that, you know, whole long journey with breastfeeding and uh, more of attachment parenting and home birth. You know, he was born at home in the water. And wow, that's so incredible. And yeah. to be so young, like, was that how did you get exposed to home birth, I guess? Was that from, again, just the community and your upbringing? Was that, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, so it wasn't in my family, uh, so to speak, until my sister. She's just like the pioneer in my um, life. She always goes first, you know. Is she older? Yes, yeah, she's older. And she um, really paved that way, you know, so through her birth she had her second baby at home and then her third baby was a free birth at home and her fourth baby was a free birth at home so I um I was I had her you know really trailblazing and I was watching her you know just uh you know in tune with her decisions and why she was making them and just letting it all absorb and working at the co-op and, and just moving in that more personal development direction meant that 
I was around people who were doing things differently. But also all my friends were heaps older than me, like 10 years older than me. I wasn't hanging out with people in in their 20s, you know, I was hanging out with people in their 30s who were all having babies and breastfeeding and co-sleeping and doing elimination communication, Mm. like just doing things. beautiful modelling, isn't it? Like it's so needed and we we spoke about this yesterday in our other podcast with Dina that, you know, it's really um, like this modelled behaviour that makes the most impact and and it's this um, we're also disconnected and not seeing women breastfeed, not seeing women co-sleep and contact parent and, birth in different ways you know so so it's so we just have no exposure to it but it's so necessary and needed and beautiful when just through observation just through lived experiences we gain this this knowledge and yeah. yeah that's how it was for me it really was I just absorbed you know all of this and so I had no doubt as soon as I was pregnant and we were thinking about birth that there was not even a question of whether I was going to be mm. a or not. it was just um I didn't even think of the hospital as an option if you know what I meant I was like home birth was already just normal yeah you know normal way to do things also my uh, son's dad um was a home birth his family oh wow um home birth you know home birth was part of their um childhood so I had that other side was affirming and and sharing experiences from that space too so it felt very normal yeah (laughs) so beautiful yeah and I love so much that his birth and your transition from maiden to mother was so interwoven in your education as well like it just as you say it did bring that embodiment aspect into yeah into your learning and and then you and you also came from that foundational knowledge of working at the co-op and having exposure to to different foods and herbs and plants and different people like what an amazing like place to to grow from really and yeah it's it's yeah these little babies as well they they come in and crack us open and they have their own their own plan and it's always Mm. so divine yeah Absolutely. It really was another one of those pivotal moments that led me, you know, onto Steiner education and anthroposophic medicine. And, but, you know, that, um, that real felt experience of motherhood means that you can actually relate to people. I don't think Mm. I could have been the naturopath that I was meant to be if I couldn't really deeply relate. Mm. And know that you can't prescribe things to mums that are out. Like it has to be just really deep nourishment and simple steps that are achievable and things that help, you know, connect and, you know, just it's really different looking after mums and babies. Oh, it so is because yeah. most of the time like we just want to be seen yes. and um, understood and mm. in them and moments nurtured. and I do feel yeah and I feel like yeah it's like mother the mother but it's like you when you're a mother you it's just something you just you just get it's just a click you're like I I see you yeah exactly you get to be met on that level yeah yeah it's it's been um yeah I look back and everything has led me to the right places yeah yes Mm. yeah I I do love that about your care and 
it's so nice to now hear the backstory to to the place you've been like when I met you I guess because I definitely always feel that like that nurturing and that mothering and that softness that I so crave when I go and seek um like support for my body and my journey it's like there's it has to be that holistic approach and element it just helps you integrate and receive on such a deeper level when the person you're seeking help from is so understanding and yeah like sees you as the whole being that you are it's like I've I always like like when I've left um consultations with you or even interactions in the kindergarten I was like oh I feel so seen yeah (laughs) so that's that's just such a beautiful element that you bring into your care oh that's really beautiful yeah that it's that felt experience isn't it you can't help but um connect on that level if you both shared a similar experience and just the challenges like it's it is challenging having Mm. and um magic and challenging you know so (laughs) yeah being able to understand that on an on another level and um yeah just really support all of that integration Mm. and connection and yeah to make that's what we sort of are a lot about on this in this space is like we want to empower women to be able to feel really supported in their journeys like along the whole spectrum of you know um from like young like we want to we want to go as far back or far forward or back to like you know like that first men arc you know those those girls who are about to walk into like their first bleed how can Mm. we change this timeline and empower women um in their bodies and their rites of passage and the whole you know the whole way along into birth postpartum motherhood um just womanhood and then into menopause and um it's this disconnect that we've been speaking about that is just so the cause of a lot of um, illness and a lot of struggle and um, just not feeling empowered to know how to, where to go and to, to nourish our bodies. So um, yeah. yeah, we'd really love to, yeah, pick your brain. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, um, if, yeah, I guess women who are on their preconception journey, their conception journey, yeah. like what are some beautiful tools that you could recommend or places to begin to start to strengthen their bodies and to connect in deeper yeah do you know um what's interesting is because I haven't had the experience of consciously uh like walking into that conception preconception space because my boy was an absolute miracle of a surprise of totally (laughs) welcome surprise um that you know, it's so, it's really special for me tuning into that um, with people because obviously people come to see me to get ready to have babies and it mm. always just feels like so precious. Like you have this rather than, um, well, it is destiny, of course, but for me it was like a an, a perfect unfolding and to have this um, space with people where we can intentionally create set intentions and then um, support your body to get ready to hold this baby Um, like to me that's when pregnancy begins Mm. um, is when that first thought comes and those first initial that ready initial readiness I think you know 
one of the main things is to obviously be in touch with your cycle and what your cycle's doing. It tells you a lot about how you're doing, mm-hmm. um, not only about, you know, how, whether you will conceive or or when or, you know, or when to start uh, consciously trying, um, but having that deeper connection to your cycle can really um it really gives you a barometer for your whole health. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's not about getting it perfect. It's more about um, how can we optimise, you know, how can yeah. we ourselves the best opportunity in pregnancy to feel amazing and to feel like we've got what we need and uh, for baby to have what they need. Um, and, of course, as a naturopath, because it's all individualised, you know, generally, every woman will have something unique that they want to work with or that they need to work on before feeling like they're ready um, or for baby to be ready, especially if there's fertility challenges. But I think something that is across the board is all around uh, stress and nervous system Mm. support. Because I was going to ask you that actually, like the emotions, because I know... Like my journey personally, um, a lot of my like dis-ease or illness has been strongly related to an emotion for me or a, a block or a wound. Yeah, absolutely. And birth does that, right? Like yeah. pregnancy does that, conceiving does that. Welcoming children in, it it very much brings to light any kind of um, patterns or personal growth kind of that space you know so um we're immediately engaging in some kind of personal development and nervous system support in that space is so important you know whenever we're heightened you know it's very difficult to um for life to just really blossom because it's such a um it's such a tightening it's like uh, it's a tense on the body. It's um, it's kind of wears us down. We want to be as in flow of like life force as we can. So yeah, nervous system support. So all of your nervines, like your herbal nervines. So like skull cap and chamomile, yeah. passion flower, um, lemon balm, uh, withania, which is um, uh, also known as ashwagandha. Oh, well, you know that we call Prim, this little bubba here, the ashwagandha baby, because um, her dad was like oh, absolutely smashing the ashwagandha wow. and he was like working out so much. And so when I found out I was pregnant, he was like, this is the ashwagandha baby. <laughs> that is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's so beautiful. Oh, I love yes. that. Yeah, yeah, we have like there's really nothing like it in, in medicine, you know, that we have these herbs that are um, – adaptogens they're adaptogenic they help us to adapt to stress and to for I was going to say what does that mean because I always yeah. hear it and I know like it, it says it in the word but it's like I yeah. like I always want yeah I always need more description <laughs> yeah so each herb has its own angle but in general adaptogens are whole body tonics and so they help to kind of upregulate the functioning of everything in the body and of course, every herb is a little bit different. So like Bacopa, Brahmi works on this head level, memory, cognition, you know, thinking. Um, 
holy basil like tulsi yes kind of environmental protection it protects from radiation and uh you know it's neuroprotective it's immune protective it's adrenal restorative like it's um yeah so each adaptogen or each herb has its own little flavor to where it angles that support but adaptogens basically optimize all of our um just our whole body and how it's functioning, especially in regards to the nervous system and stress. Wow. Yeah. Because the nervous system too, like it's, it's again, it's like inner child work as well. Like I know that is for me, I still recall, um, you know, being becoming a mom for the first time and actually it was the second time. And then I started, um, you know, finding out things like breath work and, um, you know, meditation and, and stuff like that and I was so blown away by it and then realized that most of my life I was living in survival mode yeah and just my nervous system has actually been so like on edge most of my life yeah and um that healing journey in itself like I've always had gut issues and stuff like that but when I started you know addressing my nervous system and becoming more familiar and observe like just my patterns and behaviors my gut issues actually started to get better yeah absolutely it's really um you know we learn about these systems as separate you you'll know that from university you know you yes um the immune system and the nervous system and the digestion and it's all separate because you kind of have to and have to but the way it's taught is you separate everything to understand them and then you kind of don't even mash them back together again you know yeah we've got to remember that every single system is completely interwoven uh, there's no separation even though mentally we've separated them yeah. um so yeah that that kind of um you know really our nervous system is about how in relationship with the world we are how we're sensing you know what we're sensing from around us it's part of our intuition it's part of our perception it's part of our cognition our consciousness um so of course that permeates the whole body otherwise we'd be unconscious in one part of our body i think that's because i um you know i'd nearly finished my nursing degree and then COVID hit and like personal choices didn't continue on yeah (laughs) we won't get into that but Mm -hmm. um that is one thing i deeply deeply struggle like it actually makes me feel a bit emotional but um I deeply struggled within the hospital was um seeing sick people yeah and you know people with disease and like illnesses and it's just not an environment that nurtures holistically um I found that deeply like stressful for me because I'm such a nurturing person and yeah. I can like I can I felt like I could see what other people couldn't see like what yes. I'm like no like this is not and you know even just in death and like birth and yes. illness and it's like this is not a place of healing like yes. someone turn the lights down and put a salt lamp on yeah and it just yeah, doesn't right. and it, it just how you said that like it just doesn't make any sense like yeah. It just it, I found that like I would leave my um, placements and just get in the car and just cry and I'm like I feel like an idiot but I'm like it just didn't make sense to me 
yeah it doesn't make sense to me actually it doesn't make sense yeah Mm. it's it's what happens if we just are only acknowledging that the physical body things get get really physical just like super basic um mechanical mechanical they don't really honor the human spirit or the depth of experience or the or the sacredness of going through something like an illness like that's that's yes. a life-changing that's life-changing you know it's, you know that's really funny that you say that because like my son um has like extremely bad asthma I mean I feel like herbs and yeah. um all the magic has supported him like you know so much like I feel like he's you know he's um he's improved so much um his journey with being injured um as a baby from Mm. vaccines yeah that um is where I started to learn about the holistic world because I realized that I was going to doctor after doctor after doctor and all I was getting prescribed was antibiotics and steroid cream and and it was just a never-ending cycle. It's the band-aid um, approach, isn't it? For me. And and I did do it for a little because he had mm. the eczema and the asthma. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, motherhood is so challenging yeah. anyway. And then you've got this on top. And I was so, um, it was just so stressful. And then I started going, I um, found this really amazing naturopath. Um, do you know Dan Sippel? Do you know him? the functional naturopath he's actually down south but I met him yeah he's on like he's he's on the super feast podcast quite a lot actually Um, but um he really that his his approach and just even just like he's so nurturing as a man as well like he really he's been like quite a pivotal influence for me and really like you know got me on the right path when that's when my mind started to open And I was just like, and he was really honest with me as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think like after I met Dan actually and went on that, that's when I saw that the reconnected, they did that, they launched their very, very first program and I jumped on it because it all, again, everything just interconnects. Like he showed me that and then I was like, oh my gosh. And then I went to that and then the nervous system and um, yeah, River has like, um, that's my son he's just struggles like especially in autumn now like his asthma has flared up um so much I take him like to the to get Chinese herbal medicine but he has just gone through this massive like period of not like he was very very sick and he was off school for like a whole week and it's funny because I picked him up from school yesterday and Kirsty said oh he's he's change like it's like he's gone through this really big purge and he's different and I'm like yeah "Yeah, that's funny isn't it like they like that sickness like you almost do go through through something yeah yeah it's so important (laughs) illness is so important yeah like a portal of something where and now he's like reached this other level where he's like a bit clearer or yeah you know we have to go in you know in order to come out again you know it's just like birth and contractions and mm. you know you have to have that go you know where they go in and then they come out and then they go in and they come yes out. yes to have that you know the so, breath as well and yeah. being able to holistically hold illness as you yeah. know in that way it's like it can be so beautiful 
to um that there's so much to gain from going through that portal if we hold the space in the right way and yeah I definitely always my kids always have a huge like leap after they're unwell yeah it's wild it is wild. again again with the nervous system too because I've been faced with these health concerns with my son for like this like intensely for like two three years of his life Mm. I do find now that I can really hold more bigger space for his moments Mm. like when he gets really hot or when he's like I mean I don't really use Ventolin that much this is just my journey but like when he really needs it he's so tapped into his body now that he'll say oh I either need the herbs or I need the tea or I need the puffer Mm. mum like he's because I've sort of taught him to to be like that so it's like oh gosh Mm. she's biting my nipple but um (laughs) Oh, she's got a hold of me really good, my <laughs> daughter. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but what was I going to say? I can't even remember what I was going to yeah, say. Because tuning, of... Being able to tune into what's needed, you know. because Yeah. A... But oh, was... yeah, because I can hold space. So when he gets really hot yeah. or like he's like he was really, really sick and, you know, my partner was like, you know, we need to take him to the hospital. We need to take him to the hospital. But I was like. I can handle, I know, like, you know, I know when to, t- if I ever had to, like, I'm not irresponsible and I'm not that dogmatic, but it's like, yeah. I can, I'm, I'm so tuned in with him because of these past moments and I trust him as well. Like he will tell me, and we've just had this journey together that I can, I find like, you know, just with the fevers and, um, and, like you know situations like that I I don't panic I can just be like it's it's okay and I observe and like I can even like I found that just touch with him like I can just like just that motherly touch of me putting my hand on his like you know his lung area or just you know it's just so Mm. so underestimated like we know what to do whereas that I could just take him Mm. up to the hospital and I I understand that some like yeah this is just my journey but but, mm. for sure but we could sit in the waiting room and then they're just going to give him like the steroids and then we just go home. And then to be honest, like it sort of makes him worse sometimes. And it comes back to like this theme of like how, how holistic health is and like the nervous system is part of that. And when we have a centered nervous system and we feel empowered by the natural resources around us, we can hold space for our children and model also trusting their instincts in their health and, It just like takes us into this whole other space Mm. of healing and growth and empowerment and then knowing when when that time and place is to tap into um, Western medicine. and Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's really really that space for all of it and what it means is that you've got options. I remember before natural medicine I was like, oh, I wonder if you don't have that option. You just go mm. with what's available in a pharmacy, you know. Mm. Yes. You don't totally. know the other options. Yeah. Yes. There's so many interim oh steps. So many. Like there's just so many things running through my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess moving, I guess probably that conception, preconception is is really like what you continue into pregnancy really isn't it like yeah. regulating your nervous system um yes creating that life force energy um yes. because you've done your breath work as well which like breath yeah. work oh my god what the hell 
Yeah, <laughs> it's a like, whole other, whole like, other layer, whoa, isn't it? <laughs> that just totally trips. Breathwork trips me out because I'm like, it's literally <laughs> just breathing, but it's like, no, like why? Like what is this yeah. thing? Like, yeah. There's so many th- like revelations that I Sometimes it's just as to. simple as just Magic. coming back to the breath and it's so potent and so effective but so simple. <laughs> And yeah. it's again wild that we've forgotten how to breathe. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think, you know, that's the magic of it, right? Is that your body, uh, we know this from children too, they'll always put themselves in situations that are perfect for them for healing. So they'll uh, want to. Wow. Call. I love that. Sorry. I just love what you just said <laughs> so much. Holy <laughs> shit. Yep. <laughs> so they'll go inward, you know, they'll. Um, they'll go off their food or they'll feel really thirsty or they'll just fall asleep in some cave that they've built in their, you know, cubby or they'll fall asleep somewhere random or they'll, or they'll want to cuddle up, you know, they'll have some kind of nurturing play that then looks after themselves while they're going through something and their play, they kind of reach where they need to be through their play and through how they're expressing themselves. And so we do the same. So when we lay down to breathe intentionally, we anything in the way of us experiencing our full potential or that intention will come to the surface because it knows. Oh my God. Body knows. It, body it knows. knows. Yeah. Mm. What to do. It, yeah. I always just get so like, um, I mean, five minutes into a breath work, I just start crying. Yeah. Like straight away. Mm-hmm. I'm just like it comes and because I, I did breath work throughout my pregnancy as well with just a few pregnant women with um, with Jess. I'm sure that you know Jess. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was just so I, I couldn't, like I'd never, I did one like group breath work before, but that was the, the first consistent like consecutive breath work so they did and you know just dropping in like the cert we had like a little circle first and then we just drop in and like the first like five to ten minutes it's like oh my god is this what I've been holding on to yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you catch up with yourself right you just finally feel what's under the surface yeah And motherhood really is like that. You do really need to show up Mm. and it's actually not a bad thing. You know, sometimes we really hammer ourselves for putting Mm. our feet to the side or popping them away for now or disassociating a bit from them. But actually I think it's just um, as long as we've got some space to move with that, it's actually just okay to show Mm. up when you need to and put things aside. It's not a negative thing. it's just how we have to do it as mums, you know. Totally. Yeah. And I've also noticed that when um, in, preg- in this pregnancy anyway, um, mm. when I've started to sort of like, well, yeah, I guess my nervous system is out of regulation and then I start to, I don't know, and things come up, all I actually need to do most of the time is like just drop back into my body and breathe and reg and it helps me regulate and then it helps me find my inner wisdom into what my body needs whether that be food whether that be um like support or or just I can I find my own answer within myself 
through the simplicity of like nervous system regulation and breathing yeah you know and it's like that can be such an amazing tool for all those pregnant mamas out there that you don't need to instantly outsource when something's coming up for you if you sit and drop in the answer most of the time will come to you or if you do need some outside support you'll be able to come from that place of um like true knowing and intention that it's the right thing to to call upon yes yeah you can get a bit more um tuned in to what you Mm. need rather than a bit of a frantic grabbing for helping and then that moves that moves into like birth like breath is so like paramount in birth and then into motherhood when we find ourselves like this morning oh my god I was when both my girls were having meltdowns about getting dressed and I was like breathe it's fine (laughs) because when I go out of like balance in myself it doesn't help the situation like all I want to do is like yell and scream and revert back to being you know a three-year-old but If I do that, they then, they, that snowballs. But if I'm grounded in, then they can ground in and they can move yeah. through it. And I was so proud of myself this morning <laughs> because I managed to do that and they just like moved through it and got dressed and we got in the car and went to school. But it's breath. Hardest oh, thing my- ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the mornings are the hardest thing. But breath is like your ultimate tool. And I, because I got into breath work, um, oh, I did a breathwork session with Jess as well, like um, when I was pregnant with one of my other babies. <laughs> yeah. But I remember it really, I, then I'd gotten kind of more into it um, by my third baby. And I remember, no, just after my third baby, sorry. And I remember being like, wow, this is really similar breathing that I intuitive and innately did in mm. labour. Yes. Like it, it was like life force. It was anchoring in. It was, um, I can't even describe it. Like that, her, like my third labor honestly wasn't painful at all because I just breathed through it. Yes. And um, not that pain is a negative thing at all. I just meant like it was very manageable because of having this simple tool and like that um, knowledge about my body um and oxygenating my body and yeah. um but I, it was like this big aha like moment and then my partner got into like Wim Hof and you know that and Amazing. ice baths and I was like this is labor breathing this is birth breathing yes yeah when they hop into the ice bath that's total labor breathing yeah <laughs> I was actually it- gonna ask you Sarah is like is okay so I did a weekend with like I don't know if you've heard of them. It's like O2 Awakening or something. Um, I think they have, yeah. Is it the one like, with the... I don't know. Like the, they've got like heaps of tats. I think they're from New Zealand. Like they're oh, yeah, so like they're yeah. so intergalactic. Like I yeah. love them so much. <laughs> yeah. But I did a weekend with them and it was intense breathing. So the most yeah. of the like I've done the gentle breathing with like, you know, everyone yeah. that, you know, in the realm that we're in. But that one was like people were just having like, like, yeah, it was intense. Like yeah. I went through a moment where my whole body was locking up and I was like, yes. oh, my God. Like what yeah. is that? Like is that yeah. is that? The different style of breath work. So, you know, Jess, who we've been talking about, works with the School of Breathwork, which is about rebirthing breathwork mastery style. And 
it's it's a more integrated style. So the breath can take you into um, uh, altered states, you know, mm. that change in oxygen level, but also just the metaphysics of it bring up the material but also there's a lot of body sensation mm-hmm. and um you know it is altered you go into an altered space for that realization the rebirthing breathwork mastery style is um a long slow deep yeah a long slow full inhalation and I like that better <laughs> yeah it's it's so personal right like some people you know like the the other um style but i really love this integrated style of breath work because it's like a um well it's a bit like herbal medicine right like the rhythm of herbal medicine the power of herbal medicine is in its subtlety is in its um resonance you know we if you take a herbal remedy rhythmically you know that's where its best medicine comes through it's the same with breath work when we just really slow down, we can have more integrated experiences. And I've noticed just through, so I've done lots of different styles of breath work and, and personal growth. You know how often sometimes you'd get prepped like, oh, just be ready for like integrating, you know, the integration might be clunky. You know, you might have a session of something where it's quite cathartic. And then you have a couple of days where you actually have to just even come back to yourself a bit and integrate. Yes. This is yes. not like that. It's like it's integrated from the process. There's no oh, like, yeah, I need that. Yeah, I need that too. I think that's I think <laughs> the other one was I get it. I get it. Yeah. And everybody's different. Like everybody yeah. needs them different activations. And I'm like, but I that scared me. That yeah. really, I was like, it was almost just too much. And then I, I needed, like, I needed someone to just sit with me. Yes. Yes. Um, but there were so many people in the room and I was just like, help, yeah. <laughs> help. But I yeah. couldn't move because I was all locked up. And I'm like, ow. Yeah. yeah. That was my, my first experience of um, breath work and, and rebirthing breath work was similar. It was quite, it was really cathartic. Um, yeah. And uh, it, I definitely needed that at the time. Yeah. I needed some big wake up call that was. Totally, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then I slowly found my way to rebirthing breathwork mastery. Yeah. Which is where I, where I really want to be right now, you know. Yeah. yeah, I guess like when I think about it, like I always go in really hard and fast and my biggest challenge is to slow down. Yes. So it's like, okay, yeah. I needed that like, yeah, that bang and I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then this, <laughs> the softness is where it's at. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in motherhood. I mean, it's already so, I mean, I feel like I'm having them breathwork moments all the time, the really hectic ones. So I'm like, I need the other one. Yeah. The integration. (laughs) There's a good metaphor, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, did you want to, Christy, did you want to ask that question? Oh, yeah. So, yes. (laughs) Question. I don't know if it's going to come out right, but it's like because you've done like your Steiner teaching. I love, like I love and have loved reflecting on my own birth with my mum yeah. and um, joining the dots and realising like some of my cycles and patterns and yeah. yeah, that was a big one. Like when I did 
the Jane Hardwick Collins four seasons. That's when I really put it together and I was like, oh, my God. And um, still to this day at 37, I'm still playing out these patterns and have to pull myself up. And um, I've noticed that with my three children, um, you know, the patterns and like that is directly correlated to their births. And um, I've also noticed in Steiner that is actually one of the questions. Yes. And um, I just also just wanted just to have a conversation about it and your thoughts on it and if that like helped you understand the child better and yourself better and yeah I just wanted to I just wanted to hear hear what you had to say yeah amazing well I think like uh we're all um I don't know about you guys but what drew me to Steiner was the um Steiner education for my child was the uh, atmosphere in the place you know you go to a Steiner school and you're just like your own inner child is just like what is what like the beauty the color Mm. all of the wood you know it feels like um you're not going from outside to inside like there's a something that carries through like nature carries through to the inside uh the warmth this the whole Mm. atmosphere Mm. and so that drew me to Steiner education I was like yes this is the environment I want for my child but I didn't really understand what was behind that and to be honest at the time I wasn't really interested in in knowing more I was really satisfied with just that I knew that the children were being recognized and looked after and that there was songs and music and um just care and tenderness you know Mm. And it wasn't until later that I started to kind of look into anthroposophy, which is like the uh, the um, philosophy and the ideas behind uh, Steiner education. And, um, yeah, and there's just this whole world. Like it's, it's very deep, you know. I don't know how. So deep. Yeah, but... I don't think I could even read all of Steiner's work in one lifetime and and he did all of that in one lifetime, you know. I don't know. What the hell? Yeah, it's magic. It's true. Yeah. But um, one of the, you know, that, that led me to hear about anthroposophic medicine and I wanted to study more. And the, um, at the time, uh, anthroposophic training wasn't anthroposophic, uh, anthroposophic medical training wasn't in Australia. And so, Wait, I, so is anthroposophic, I got it right. Yes. Yeah, you did. Anthroposophic, is that Steiner? Yes. That is Steiner education? Uh, so, yes. Yeah. And so, then- anthroposophy is the uh, an anthroposophic so if if you're coming from that lens anthroposophy underlies all of the impulses of of um steiner's work that built on like goethe and and lots of um incredible kind of wisdom and um it underpins like biodynamics for example so that's where the steiner impulse went into uh, food, um, uh, gardening, farming, agriculture, food develop, you know, like uh, growth. Um, uh, so that's that stream. And then it went into the arts. There's eurythmy and movement and art therapy and music therapy. And it went into education and that's Waldorf Steiner education. So 
the underpinning is the anthroposophy, okay. the anthroposophic kind of impulse. And then it just went into all different um, areas of life, mathematics. And the medical thing, what's that? Yeah, so that's um, basically what happened was this wonderful woman, Ida Wegman, um, was uh, working with Rudolf Steiner and they basically how these things developed was people came to Steiner with questions. How do I apply this understanding of the human being to what I do? You know, how do I apply that to theology? How do I apply it to mathematics? How do I apply it to how I grow food? How do we apply it to our education for our children? Because now we're realizing our children aren't recognized in that uh, in that lens, for, in that holistic lens. And so doctors had the same questions. They were saying, yeah, okay. you know, medicine is becoming more and more mechanistic. This was in the early 1900s. How do we bring this understanding of the whole human being to medicine? And so he, uh, they went and started this whole impulse and he did lectures to the doctors and um, uh, Ida Wegman helped to establish anthroposophic medicine with Steiner. So, wow. um, yeah, this incredible woman. If you ever want to read a biography, like read about Ida Wegman, she's really incredible. Eva? Ita. I-T-A. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because my my best friend has just, uh, she's just graduated and she works down at um, Blue Mountain Steiner. Yes. And she, um, I just really loved her journey. Like yes. just even just she like meditates on the children, on the individual yes. child yes. and just some of the things that she's, ah, oh, it's just so beautiful. Yes. Like it's just, I mean, to me, I'm like, that's how it should be. I know. Um, yeah. These children, I mean, ultimately these children are here to teach us. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we need to, we, we need to give them these environments yeah. so they can thrive and be able to, you know, yeah. be able to give them, the, give us these lessons or the, this information because, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, develop their whole capacity, you know, just to be free, just really to be, be free. free. Yeah. To be free. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so, I love walking, walking into Kirsty's classroom and there's just this raging fire mm. and um, it's just so, and in the performance space as well, every single time I walk in there, I get a lump in my throat. Like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a cry anyway, but yeah. I do get a lump in my throat because there's something so joyful and deep. It is again, like, it's like a big mother's womb in there. Yeah. Something, really and then is. this, yeah, the, 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 the sound of children singing and just the intention and the parents there and the community and the, oh man, like, I just yeah. want, like, it's just, I can't even explain it. Yeah. Yeah. It's next level. Well, the anthroposophic hospitals would just totally, you'd be just a, you'd be crying the whole time. Where are these hospitals? <laughs> so when I wanted to study anthroposophic medicine, cause I realized that there was this whole, um, yeah, medical impulse, Steiner medical impulse. That was an extension of Western medicine. Um, I went to Germany and to Switzerland to train over there to do some postgraduate training and they were, it was held, I was the only naturopath there, it was mostly Western medical practitioners, so 
um, doctors, GPs, surgeons, you know, um, anesthetists, like um, nurses. Um, yeah, and uh, all there, and we uh, our training was centered in a hospital, so it was held in the hospital. So we got to um, tour around the hospitals. I got to visit quite a few of them. And it's where they've integrated this kind of understanding of the whole human being into medicine. So it, it carries on alongside. Oh. Yeah. So you have, um, you have your regular Western medicine, you know, all of the resources and the medicines and the tools. And alongside you also have art therapy, music therapy, eurythmy therapy, um, but you also have remedies, so anthroposophic medicines that are uh, similar to homeopathic remedies. But you also have the nursing impulse, which is completely different. You would love it oh, so much. Because there's, su there's such a part of me that I am such a nurse. Yeah. And, like, it just it rattles me that I wasn't able to finish it. Yeah. Um, but, just yeah, that gives me, like, faith in humanity restored. Yes, yes. Well, the nurse's um, job is really to care for that for that whole human being and their comfort while they're ill. It's like one of the most sacred jobs. It's like being a midwife, you know, or to oh, be. It really a, is. Order, yeah. yeah, or a doula, or and so they use um, compresses and special massage and foot baths, mm -hmm. all sorts of beautiful things to just support the person so when someone arrives at the hospital whether they've got a broken arm or if they've got cancer or if they've uh, I don't know are coming for some kind of rehabilitation that a whole team will be um, looking after them and deciding what would be most beneficial for them would it be art therapy as well as their you know antibiotics or their prescription medication or their surgery for example um, you know, what, what is it that's going to support them on that holistic level, not just their physical ailment? And um, they have an incredible birthing suite. Uh, there's none oh of the... Oh, my gosh. Um, Why don't we have that here? <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, the environment is really looked after. So just like what you were saying, like the lights are dim, the, there's beautiful like soft pink and wood everywhere and... It doesn't feel like you're in a sterile place, but it's, you know, it is a hospital. Yeah, well, it has, yeah for sure. Yeah. Oh very nurturing. Gosh. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, yeah, I mean, it's so possible. It's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. so well, it's possible. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so what, like, okay. Mm. Do you, did, when you were in teaching, Yes. Oh, even now, did you know, like, did the whole knowing about their birth help you understand them better? So it's often something we ask because obviously when a child is um, in the womb, that's their first, uh, it's the beginning Home. of their individuation. That's right. They're completely surrounded by the energy of their mother mostly and their parents the little seed of love is there developing and of course we know in that we're sharing um you know microbiome we're sharing, mm -hmm. sharing genes we're sharing everything we know with our child when they're in the womb 
And a really uh, important other thing is just, um, you know, the, the warmth, like how, um, how well the mother feels and how supported the mum feels really does um, help to shape the, your baby yeah. and what they're kind of being born out of. Mm. So, you know, when we are working with children or anyone, of, co- of course, then you ask about how is your how is your mum's pregnancy? How is her health in pregnancy? How's your experience? Were there any shocks? Was there any trauma? What was it like for you being born? You know, what were the first days of your, um, yeah, what were the first days of your life like? What were the first months of your life like? Uh, what showed up in that time in physically or health-wise or um, was there, yeah, you, you just gather, you're just gathering the story together because it helps us to understand how that, child is um, forming and and individuating you know when we have something like birth trauma um, which impacts on so many levels it's difficult for a child to really fully incarnate really you know to really come deep into their physical body Um, it's difficult we know that it makes attachment difficult it makes breastfeeding difficult and none of it is uh, permanent. It's all part of the story. But if we can recognize, ah, oh, okay, when, our, when there's shock or trauma or disturbance or stress, it's really difficult for kids to fully come in, you know, and to God. really inhabit their body. You know, so that, that's when we get health issues and because it's hard to be in the body if we've had a shock or if we've had a difficult entrance totally it's funny you say that because yeah um I touched on this with Rivers with Kirsty with Rivers teacher because I was like she's like you know Christy he just has moments where he's just so out of his body yeah and um I was I just totally broke down to Kirsty as you do um I was like um, yeah, because, you know, in my birth and my pregnancy, I was quite like disconnected from yeah. my body. I was scared of my, actually, I had a few aha moments, even just when you were speaking, like, again, our birth, we're always like unpacking and unfolding. <laughs> she's waving at you. She likes you. <laughs> um, she's so calm sitting here too. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, she, I was like, yeah, and in my birth, I, I was so, I didn't want to be in my body because I, it was too painful to be in my body, but more so on an emotional level because it was like, you know, I had, I had him naturally, but I just, well, I didn't prepare myself emotionally at all, and I hadn't integrated any of my traumas or yeah. anything. So when you know, when you're in birth, like you're forced to be in your body, and that was scary. Yeah. Um, so now, yeah, he's very, um, he can just become so out of his body. Yes. And it was just nice and comforting having that um, conversation with Kirsty because I'm like, you know, touch brings him back down immediately, yeah. like just because he's so like affectionate and he can just like just be a dead weight sometimes just fall on people and he's just yeah. like <laughs> out of his body. But I'm like, I, it's just so lovely having Kirsty there and she knows like, yeah. You know, sometimes he just needs to come and touch his shoulders and get his, like, like look at me for a second. Like, yeah. you're all good. And that's sort of what I needed in my birth. Like, yeah. you're here. You're here. 
Absolutely. You know, so it's like, it's, mm-hmm. I just find it so, I could talk about this forever because, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool. And um, do you, yeah. in Steiner too, do you, you um, weave in star signs, like, like star signs and stuff? So it's a it's a little bit different from like um you know profiling like um yep. Scorpios and Sag and yeah 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 it's more archetypal so yeah there's like certain um, gestures mm-hmm. and certain impulses that come from each um, part of the zodiac you know mm-hmm. each constellation and um and influence you know children and so it's more yeah. like harnessing. Uh, archetypes possibly would be a better way of describing it yeah yeah which makes sense because that's actually how they speak like it's it's just it's just even the language that's used it's just so whimsical and like yeah deep and like yeah uh, you know it really holistic it's just bringing all the elements in to fully hold a child and the family of that child isn't it yes absolutely the family as a unit so seeing the you know when you're looking after a a child you're also really looking after the family there's no separation especially at kindy age but Mm. they're still completely interwoven in the family in the energy of their family and connected um in all levels and so um that's why sometimes you'll work with the family more than the child if there's something happening you know if we're all getting on the same page I think that that was, has been um, just one of the most important things to me around learning anthroposophy and anthroposophic medicine and just the uh, Steiner-based um, viewpoint in childhood, child development and how to support children individually is just mm-hmm. this understanding that there's, um, you know, there's uh so we call it the fourfold human being so there's just there's more obviously than just the physical and the emotional there's more going on for children and how how are they showing us that they're um growing and developing in an integrated way how are they showing us that that where they need help you know um it's not about perfection it's about meeting meeting each individual and seeing how we can help them to feel the best that they can feel and give them the best opportunities, you know. Yeah. Is this the the Rubicon? Like the Rubicon, I've, I've actually asked Amy about this. She told me the other day, but I was like, is this what the Rubicon is? Like the, is this, are they like the milestones or like yeah, know, so sign away? The Rubicon was this, um, we, you know, we really understand as childhood as this real unfolding um this unfolding individuality of the child and there's uh, the different um, childhood phases. So we have zero to seven-ish, so basically yeah. from birth until they lose their teeth. Totally, yep. Yeah, and then from seven to 14, which is around the age, it's actually more around the um, Rubicon age, yeah. which is around nine and a half that they mm. uh, so they they lose their last um teeth around that age where they've now got their all their own teeth they've stopped kind of losing baby yeah. um and then uh 14 to 21 is the last phase of childhood but the rubicon is this nine and a half year change and it's this point for children where they're 
uh, unfolding and uncovering uh, this new level of self-awareness and consciousness. It's where they start leaving the kingdom of childhood. They start. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so sad as us mums. I know. They start to really relate to the world uh, in a completely different way. They just become aware of their individuality. They feel less immersed in life and more subjective. Yeah. Able to see that kind of perspective shift. They're moving into more of an adult type conscious awareness. Um, yeah, and that's the Rubicon because the Rubicon is a river. That you <sighs> I've noticed it so much. I was looking at photos of my daughter last night when she had the she had so her two top teeth mm. were missed, like she lost them, but it yeah. took over a year to grow back. And yeah. then I was like, something's wrong. And I'm like, but my daughter Luna, she's very, um, oh, she's yeah, she's she's a bit like you. She's a bit of a fairy. Like yes. I don't know, there's something magical happening there. Yes. Um, but it just took her a long time, but it was like she was, I don't know, there was a part of her that just was taking her time with yes. that transition because she's still in this other world. Yes. And um, <laughs> I really sense that as a mother with her and now she's got these big teeth like yes. exactly like me and they're all like awkward and yes. I, I re- like look back at these photos and then now and I'm like, holy crap, like that is such a big change that's happened Yes. Um, so big. And then my son, he's still got his baby teeth. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't need to lose them. Like, <laughs> it's like, because they do go through this really radical change. Like, but it's as, also so subtle. As mo- mothers, like, we are so emotionally attached to their teeth. It's when they lose their teeth, like, I think I can speak for most mums anyway. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. But yeah. I, I, I am so emotional every time they lose a tooth. And also actually when they were babies and they got their teeth, it was such such an emotional like passage through their evolution. Like I could feel Mm. that. I could feel how big and significant those times were and are. Yeah, they are. Losing teeth is so phenomenal. Like it's... um, there's so much more going on than just the teeth, you know. There's like so much. Those baby teeth were were grown in the womb, you know. They yeah. from that place. I mean, this is the first time when they're growing their teeth out of their own individual individuality and their own resources. It's very symbolic of yeah. moving on from childhood and That's having so your own, wild. you know, owning your own body. Yeah, I do. I do actually recall when Luna lost. Actually, that's <laughs> been a few times. Yeah. But I might walking into the office and her dad, like my partner, I'd walk in and he is the emotional one, like just holding her teeth, going, <laughs> oh, "It's so like, big. Oh, my god!" And he so he kept <laughs> he's kept all her teeth. But then mm. when we were moving, like he had it up in the cupboard and they all fell on the ground, and Luna was like, "What are they? Oh, <laughs> they are the cat's teeth." Like she's she's big she's big on the tooth fairy like she's yeah 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 so I had to be like a little bit um yeah Yeah. I think like honestly she actually she knows like she it's like she knows but she just wants to stay she's not ready no she just wants to keep the world magic and I just think that's um which actually makes me think on a deeper level like the dentistry world and like orthodontics and stuff I mean we won't get into that but I feel like it's gonna be (laughs) a lot 
when I start thinking about it all because like we're always never so ending to, like, thread pull teeth out and like yeah. braces and straighten things and I'm like well, maybe we could just left it for a bit and see anyway we won't get into that deep thought it's just so yeah it all just comes back to holding ourselves in that holistic way like yeah. throughout all of life and how it's also interconnected and I love so much Sarah how how much knowledge and wisdom and experiences that you hold like mm. you're just so well-rounded and like what a gift to the world and to all the families you work with mm. um thank you. thank you so much today for coming on and sharing your wisdom and having this conversation with us it's been Welcome. like so cup filling for me and I'm sure Christy as well like it's just yeah. so beautiful yeah I think you um you're a very special person, Sarah. Like I've sort of seen your essence through Instagram and all the rest of it, but I mean, you're even better just like talking on Zoom. You just, <laughs> just have like, a, like, I don't know. I don't know. Your mommy and my daughter, you still got something yeah. magic. Like you've got a magic aura. It's a bit of a unicorn aura. Yes, yeah. definitely. And I, yeah. I like it. So yeah. if people, um, if people want to connect in with you and work with you, yeah. like what what are some of the ways that that's possible? How are you working at the moment? I do have um, a website, you know, where you can check it out. But I have, um, I have courses. I have, I have yeah, I've checked them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you can learn. You know, I have, um, yeah, I have a clinic where I see um, patients and and families and children. And um, I'm also, you can find me over at the Reconnected as well. We have the Sensitive Kids course. I'm part of that um and you know if you want to learn more about anthroposophy too you can there are so many great resources out there Mm. and um you know I think one of them is probably there's a anthroposophic anthroposophic naturopaths guild um in Australia and there's actually a resource page there that's got an incredible there's a beautiful documentary about anthroposophic medicine um yeah it came out just a couple of years ago called oh the art of healing it's called and um, i'm just gonna like i have to go back on this podcast there's many things i'm gonna be writing down again we can we can link that in somehow and pop in the show notes so people can go and find that i also thought it might be helpful i have a really beautiful like just a great pdf um of herbs that are safe in pregnancy and while breastfeeding and i thought i'd share it with you guys just because that can be a really hard thing about herbal medicine and scares people because they're like breastfeeding yeah. yeah because everything yeah it's it's challenging the herbal medicine world when pregnant and breastfeeding because obviously it's unethical to test things on pregnant women um so we go from but there are so many herbs that are safe and we go from that traditional use knowledge so you know what um what has been used for eons for women while pregnant and yeah i'll send that to you too so that would be so appreciated that's such a beautiful gift wow thank you so much welcome thank you for having me i love being here i love talking about all these beautiful things so wholesome I'm so <laughs> I love this I could to be honest like if Lucy didn't like wrap things up I would just like continue <laughs> I would continue I'd be like just I just need to go get a snack hold on we would have we would have four hour long podcasts I have yes. to like at some point <laughs> yeah we have to at some point. well feel free to invite me back anytime yes. I think. 
do you do um zoom consultations yeah yep yeah okay because that would be really great because I've also I've been eyeing off your like um like your courses as well like I've signed up to your mailing list I'm looking at I'm like now that it's in my Sophia I'm like it's only a matter of time so yeah exactly (laughs) it just takes a while like you you sign up and then you watch it then you look at it and you're like yep Yep, yep, and then it's like one down. It's so go, psychological, boom. isn't it? The human brain and like it takes <laughs> us a while <laughs> to get perfect timing. It's always perfect timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one little step at a time. Yeah, oh, so beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. much, Sarah. Lucy, thanks, Christy. No worries. We'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. <laughs> thank you.